0: Bye-bye, baby. At Bye-bye, baby, we go against conventional wisdom to help our clients throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's right. We come to your house with a bucket and scoop up bathwater along with your baby. We throw your baby into the street into a nearby river, or into the back of a dumpster. Don't hassle with babies. They're a lot of work. Hire Bye Bye Baby to throw your baby out with the bathwater.
1: All right. This is it, dude. Last day uh, being in Colorado before I head back to Costa Rica. And it's been an interesting trip. I, I would like to say, for anyone listening, like, again, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on air, but I always have this stress when I come up here about seeing seeing enough people, seeing family and friends, and I just never get to see all the people I want to. It's my fault. It's like people, people, people listen to the show. Some of my old coworkers out in Golden, I never, I never go see them because I'm always, I don't know why, it just doesn't happen. I didn't see some of my other close friends. What's the source of that? Is that just being selfish or lazy yeah dude not i was looking for for women up here the whole time dude and i didn't have time for no yeah i almost want to exhaust like with my kids and my parents and my family i want to exhaust it to the point where like all right we don't get to see them as much as a normal family living close but i want to be almost when we finish the trip we're almost sick of each other and we feel like we got our money's worth
0: Mm -hmm. so the
1: most important people to see are my family that's like number one and I just realized, all right, I just kind of have to, even if it's like we're just sitting in the my, my kids are sitting and living with my parents, it's good. Yeah. Because you never know when that will go away. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so part of it's like, I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta make sure that happens and I gotta sit here and, and, and do that. The other thing is we always try to go ski. And so then we go up to the mountains and we ski and snowboard and that takes away some time. The other thing is, people have their own lives and nobody can just stop because I showed up to, to Colorado on January 17th. So people are in school. My, my older brother, you know, his kids are on down or big mountain ski competitions all over the state. Like, mm-hmm. and my, my younger brother's got work. My, you know, and, uh, my parents are in their seventies. So they got the routines. It's like when they're taking a bath, I've heard him talk about their bath like a thousand times. or when they're, when they're getting a the mail or when they're taking their walk, like, so life doesn't stop just because I'm here. So so that's part of it. And then I don't know. Just uh, then people are busy. A couple, One of my friends was going to Europe for for work. You know, one of them went. One of them went heli skiing in Canada. So he was gone for a few days, and then tried to get fit him back in. So I got to see him yesterday. It was great. Our kids are like are really uh really hit it off. So I I, I got to see people a little bit. Yeah, but it, it's just it's just funny in the backdrop of all this shit that we talk on this show, and even last week the love episode, and uh, there's still a part of me. It's like, all right, take it easy, man. I don't need to go around and fucking hug everyone I ever met, and tell them how much mm-hmm. I love them, just because I'm looking for a job. <laughs> it's like, all right, relax. But but what the cool thing is though, and a little bit of it is like I saw my friend on Sunday morning for two hours, and it was great just that time was enough to reconnect and just see them. My kids, our kids. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was like, take it, man. You, you know, you, when you come up here, you get in, I gotta, I gotta have like a barbecue on a day and then we gotta make another. It's like, no, it could just be a half hour. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's, it's cool. So, but the time with the grandparents, right? Yeah. I spent more right. time with you than anybody. Uh, oh, dude, I would like to get your, cause I'm pimp. Yeah. You own me now, dude, because you do the <laughs> editing, and so I'm a slave to you, Lance. Because you do the hard work on this show. So we went, in addition to seeing basketball and hanging out, we went to a comedy show called The Growlaks, which is actually Andrew, one of our guest show, with a couple of my other old friends. And uh, I was blown away. First of all, like I hadn't seen, I haven't done anything with comedy in so long. I, I even kind of shied away from it online. And I was laughing, like I was laughing pretty hard. First yeah, of all. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm interested to hear because you took your your wife, an old friend of mine as well, and I thought she really enjoyed it. But I, I And I just wonder what what it's like to go – because there was a lot of crude jokes, but very intelligent jokes, but very crude topics all over the place. What I would say worse than anything we put out here. Not worse, but you know what I mean, oh, yeah. like more, yeah, more yeah, uh, yeah. risque. And I kind of wonder if you guys – I didn't talk to you too much after the show because I was trying to get the other guys to do this show – which they will by the way. Uh but what'd you what'd you think? Like not I thought you'd like you thought it was funny, but what'd you think about material and the and the and everything? And how how did it how did it, how was the ride home? I loved it.
0: Uh but she admitted if as long as it's not you, I'll laugh my ass off. Which <laughs> I thought was uh, Yeah, if it's not me doing it, it's funny. So uh <laughs> which I'll I'll hold her to and make her feel bad about for eternity. Right, right. <laughs> no, she loved it. No, it was a great show. I thought it was funny.
1: Yeah, anyways, Growlix at the Bug Theater in Denver in the Highlands. It's once a month, the end of the month. If uh, anybody gets a chance and wants to go see like a cool little niche comedy show, I would go. And uh, I honestly think that, Lance, you should... I don't know if it's stand-up or something like that. I think you should do something like that.
0: No, like, it ain't going to happen, bro. I couldn't even go to that after show. Uh, drink with you guys i can't listen to you fucking cackle and tell jokes all through the night
1: what's interesting is it's it's a little different now like nobody nobody really drinks everyone's sober everyone's separated everyone's midlife. but uh (laughs) i totally forgot dude that you can i mean we're talking i i was so out of touch like some common friends have died there's like also like all this shit has happened i didn't even know conan o'brien doesn't have a tv show anymore because I was like, really? When did that happen? And got a dope uh, podcast. Yeah. So Adam one of the, was on Conan O'Brien. And my other buddy, Andrew, was like, that was one of his goals was to get on Conan O'Brien. he only got the Tonight Show. Poor guy. Oh. But uh, I was like, well, just keep sending him your demo, dude, or whatever. And he's like, what are you talking about, dude? I can't. I'm like, why not? It's like, there's no show to send it to. <laughs> I was like, oh. Been in the jungle too long, but that conversation with Ben and Adam and some of the other people involved with the show, I I was it was great. I have to admit it. Just somebody will mention that someone dies, a horrific thing, and then three crude jokes after it, but also emotional to say like mm-hmm. it, it's just the type of conversation that you're very free talking to a group of comedians. Yeah, and I wasn't going to get in front of that and and or
0: be forced to just sit on the sidelines because i can't sit on the sidelines matt i'm
1: a star we'll get you back in there buddy i noticed that andrew made a real point to go engage you and and chat you up a little bit and uh and and your wife and like i think that you're in the club bro whether you like it or not
0: so mm-hmm.
1: you're in the club but, but honestly i don't that was a, just an experience it wasn't it didn't necessarily make me go, I got to get back in the stand up or do this. That was just an experience. And it was nice to know that like those guys and, like part of the theme of the show, I can pick it up with them and have meaningful conversation. Like they're true friends that I, that I kind of neglected. And like, it. so that was cool, you know? So, yeah. And
0: save that, the, the thought there because that's what I want to dive into a little bit more in the men's room this week. Fine, dude. Uh, okay. Fine. Okay, buddy.
1: Let's, let's get, let's talk a little bit about last week. How do you yeah. feel about about uh, Sheila coming on? And this is another person that comes on our show and makes us look like idiots.
0: When I was editing, I just felt like uh, you got um, a, a, a big-brained human with two uh, primates just fucking...
1: Yeah. We might be dumb with guests, or we need to lower the bar Like where are we, we find the guests, I think. it's, it's they're, yeah. they're too smart. They make us feel like shit. And, uh, no, it was, it was nice to finally face my enemy, Sheila, who is, mm-hmm. who is mentally stronger than me and knows when I'm deflecting and being a puss. And, uh, it was nice to just look her in the eye, you know,
0: and take mm-hmm. it,
1: uh, no, all, all truth aside, she's, she's pretty amazing. I hope we can have her back All truth aside. Is that what <laughs> I actually just said that I didn't mean to all
0: sarcasm aside, buddy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All sarcasm. Aside. She's pretty amazing one thing i one thing that's interesting i wanted to ask you if you get so she sounded like she, i think she mentioned she had a psychotic foster mom or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. do a lot of people get in the mental health industry because of their it's like sam malone from cheers who owns a bar a former alcoholic like do, is that like
0: i think so you find
1: that i've heard that that's the case but not always
0: right uh that there are some people trying to resolve their own issues or understand themselves
1: she she basically came on the show and said like, I, got my own, I have so much of my own shit I'm working through and still had the work through. I thought that was pretty cool. It wasn't like yeah. a heavy handed like, you guys need to do this or that. so Yeah, if we
0: were going to talk shit about her though, what we could say is you don't need to be so thoughtful, Sheila. You don't need to be so thoughtful and you don't need to string words together so nicely. Sometimes you can just say, Fuck that shit, bro. So, yeah. you know, settle Sweet. down. You don't have to sound wise. Um, I don't think
1: Sheila has an off switch. Yeah, so I don't, I I don't mean, think she can control that.
0: You know, you could throw out fuck, pussy ass here and there. It's it's all good, okay? She
1: said fuck maybe twice. I think. She did? I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back to the tape, but she said fucking... There was one thing she's like, so fucking... Uh, but I, I do... There was a part we talked to, she was like, I'm not ready to get back in a relationship because I'm not, I, that all kind of freaked me out a little bit. Cause first mm-hmm. of all, it's like, I could almost say that about anything. It's like, oh, I'm making decisions about what I want to do for the rest of my life for a job. And I'm, and I'm in no state to, to do that either. It's like, so if you start talking about relationships, right? Like, like she's like, yeah, you're probably in no state to take on a serious relationship right now. It's like, well, you push back on that a little bit. And, and she
0: qualified it nicely. Right. Right. I mean, she said, as long as I understand my intentions and yeah. that right now I just need, I need life to be more simple. And that's what she, that was what she said. And, you know, I was kind of trying to back her into saying, well, that sounds like a cop out. And
1: she's right. like, well, kind no, of a defensive man. stance.
0: A yeah. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody, we're all justifying. Uh, what we need in the moment as she's just saying are you doing it with a certain level of awareness which i thought right. was was good but advice. it just
1: makes it feel like if i feel anything with anybody or anything like oh you might not be making the right decision it's like you know what i mean you're like right, oh that's yeah. your that's your your wounded state talking not actual reality
0: i think my advice i think i said you know just get in the shower and take you, care of it yeah. and move on and i think that flew over both of your heads, which is typical. And I made,
1: I made I I li- listen back. I made a joke about what's <laughs> in my other hand, and I don't know if anybody. I know I that's my do. cock. Yeah. Well, well, it's good. You're probably right, but I but there is actually other other things happening in a relationship beside besides sexual drive. Like there- no, no, not it. No, there isn't. Dude, I got the exact. I feel the exact opposite of, about it. Like I feel worse. Like actually making a real connection. Like I, it's like scary to make this real connection, have a real like emotional and mental relationship. Just like one night stands stuff probably doesn't seem like that bad of a thing. But if you the type of person that can get out of it, and the other person can get out of it. But I'm I'm nowhere. None of that shit's happening or gonna happen. So I'm not worried about it. But. All right. I was weird for her to say, because the whole thing was about expressing love and being open, and then she's like, "I'm I'm shutting anything down that could be a serious relationship." It was kind of a curveball, right? Yeah. Which yeah. you kind of called it out.
0: But. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it a lot, and thanks to Sheila. And so
1: we'll get her next, back on. Right? We'll
0: get her back on to analyze this again, dude. All right, man. Well, we'll see you in the men's room, where I'll be taking a diarrhea poo. <laughs> Because it's the men's room. And now, Life Skills by Seniors94. Lesson number one. Improving Frustration Tolerance. Hey, neighbor. I'm off for a walk with Pixie. (coughs) Sounds good, Bill. (coughs) I meant to ask you, has your trash pickup (coughs) price gone up? I don't know, Bill. Cause mine went up $10 a quarter, and I'm like, why? Like, why is everything going up these days? Bill, Bill, Pixie's freaking out. Let's talk about this another time. I can understand a 3% increase, but 15% is crazy. Oh, God. Are they leaving your trash can in the middle of the street, too? I don't know, Bill. I can't think straight with your dog flipping out like that. Pixie! Pixie, sit! Pixie, sit! Sit, Pixie! Sit, Pixie! Pixie! Pixie, sit, goddammit! This conversation should have never happened. When Bill said, hey neighbor, and you saw crazy ass Pixie, you must immediately pretend to have to pee and run inside lesson number one takeaway avoidance is a key component of frustration tolerance yeah up in this man's room mother Ucker mm. <laughs> wow uh what's up dude so I'm
1: interested by the way I would like the listeners to uh if they you know all the fan <laughs> Mail and feedback we get. Does Matt sound better with his new pop filter he purchased from Amazon? I would like to hear it. I would like everyone to test it on a Bluetooth speaker, car speaker, headphones, AirPods. Like, I want, I want some feedback.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you get a lot of feedback. Uh, so want to explore identity a little bit today. And as you get into middle age, you 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 do reflect a little bit about you know, what you told yourself about yourself. I don't know why I feel like I have to jive a lot this week, but I do. So y'all best get ready. Uh, But what you told yourself about yourself back in the day and, you know, is that still true today? So I I don't really connect much with being a musician. And that was like everything to me in my twenties in terms of identity and what I want to be doing, mostly songwriting. And I do it still. It's just, it's not as prominent And uh, I don't know if I find that sad or if I find that to be just part of a natural process, but I thought of this uh, concept for the show today because I was seeing you in a comedy club environment, curious in my head about how you were feeling in that. Uh, Were you compelled to get back into comedy? Were you having a sense of regret or a sense of um, just missing aspects of that or just what was going through your head? Because I think... All of us transitioning into these ages of obsolescence and moving from into different careers into different life situations. Like there's this new feeling of imposter syndrome and we're trying to reconcile our past with, with, uh, what's coming at us today. So let's start with the easy stuff, like the comedy piece. What were you thinking after that show?
1: You know, i for, I thought it was great, and I immediately kind of got back into some of the emotions and thoughts. Like, I was, I have a joke ideas for every joke they had, and like a couple more tags, and it was so, so quick. Like, I wanted to be pacing or watch the show from like a viewpoint that I'm on the show, not sitting in those chairs and all that shit. But I didn't mm-hmm. get, I didn't get, oh, I got to get back into stand up. I did think, I have a, a thought of like if Andrew or somebody has a local show and I'm up here and a year from now or something, I could. I could use some of the material I've done on this show and make it good and do it. But, uh, didn't, it didn't give me this thing where I got to get back into it. Uh, you know, I, I've gone through a lot of different stages of my life. Like, and so that's one of them. I, what, but what I, what I really liked was like the conversation before and after. And I I went out to lunch with Andrew and another old friend of mine, Harrison, like old comic. And just that, that was really fun. Hanging out with like like like-minded people and being free to like just say the most heinous things and not be judged or worried about. Now I think you and I probably probably pushed the envelope in many different situations, like work meetings and stuff where I still, (laughs) I still been doing that for years and everyone just guys like, that's Matt, you know, it's, it's so funny though. It's like the same principle on stage applies to every, it's like, as long as it's really funny, nobody, nobody like messes with you. So, I mean, there's a limit on what you can do in an office meeting, but, but uh, so, one thing I realize is like, if if you're, if you're kind of yourself, wherever you are, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to have a tonight show credit. Like everyone always thinks I'm entertaining and funny, even if I'm not trying. So I have to remember that like life is yeah, a yeah. show. Right. So I, I just took it as like, I honestly, just it was just a good experience. It was nice to talk to my, my old friends and, and that's what it was. Like and I hope I hope some of these guys come on the show because I just find them very. These guys are like so they're they're crazy some of them, but they're also really interesting to listen to. I realize like they've been talking right as a for a living for twenty years, and I I find it engaging to talk to them.
0: Absolutely they're so quick now do you see yourself like do you even think about identity do you, did you at the time think of yourself as a comedian or would you just think to yourself oh yeah i'm doing comedy while i have a full-time job and a wife and all this stuff were you thinking things holistically or were you really like nope i'm a comedian and
1: i thought i was a comedian i was encouraged to think that way right like yeah, people yeah. wanted me in like it's like you're 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 in or out and you you should be in because you're good at it you know, people said oh, you you uh, you were born to be on stage, so you should do it. Um, but I always use it as like a way to not let the other things bother me. It's like when I had stand up like the the working the, a job or something, Like you know, what I, I had to have something where I'd be like, whatever. I got this other thing. So I'm, I'm different than these people. I'm And it wasn't right. We've talked about it many times. But like so I looked at it that way as well, that I had this other thing driving. So when i didn't have that i just kind of was like there just like well i am just a guy working with a family mm-hmm. and know that's all right but uh it, it's it wasn't it is your identity though it, it becomes your identity just the time consume and the thought and you always have to be thinking and the stress that it brings becomes your identity for sure and uh it's like i wish we could have more identities. But when you have an identity and you commit to it, then it's hard to have other identities. I mean we all have different identities. We're all like fathers, workers, comedians but like you all it always comes at the one of them comes at the, the uh, expense expense of the other one yeah. And so this is why you have conflict like if you're a musician or comedian in a marriage or, or in a work environment, it's so clear that you're you're addicted to the other thing It's hard to to, to fill the cup. So to speak, of the other identity, and I'm kind of over all that shit right now. It's like yeah. it's down to the basic level. I need to find a good life for my kids, not fuck them up, and I need to find some income. And and so it's kind of nice in a way. It's like this podcast checks that comedian box, and this is like you said, it could be two hours a week, or I could put 15 hours a week into it if I wanted to. Like, and, right. and so, but it it gives me something, and so it's like check which I hate to look at it that way, like, like the, the, the dirty works done. I just have to look at your ass a few hours a week on this, on this video. And that gives me, makes me feel like I'm cool.
0: Hey, what's wrong with that? But you, it's not your driving force being a comedian anymore. Uh, but it sounds like the, would you say parenting is being a dad? Uh, yeah. Truly the driving force.
1: Dude, I don't, I don't, yeah, well, I have to, uh, yeah, that's important. They're 10, my kids are 10 and 12, so I, I, I yeah. feel like that's a responsible thing to do. Plus, I just love my kids so much and love hanging out with them. Sorry, it's a little sappy. But uh, I, I guess my point is I like it, right? Like, I'm not like, oh, clocking in to work. Like, I, I enjoy it. So, which I think most people do, unless they're fucking nuts. Is with All the shitty side of it that comes with it and how they not always do what you want, it, it's still worth it. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I let's just say – i well, I'll say this. I could see myself at some point in my life getting back into stand-up recreationally and really being, doing great at it and enjoying it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, and I think I saw that light maybe a little bit the other night. It's like once I get all my shit figured out, I could look at it as – as go like the therapy I get from going to pick up basketball, I probably would get that from writing jokes again and performing, crushing. People mm-hmm. throwing their fucking panties at me and shit, you know, like stuff that, uh, you sniffing. Collection. Them? Yeah. The, sniff,
0: <laughs> sniffy, sniff.
1: So I could see it doing it recreational just to, just to have fun and be good at something. But I, I, I don't think I can do that right now. Got some stuff to figure yeah. out. So the open mic on this show is, is all you guys are getting for a little while.
0: Well, and it fits with your life too. Yeah. I, I have a hard time seeing myself doing music it's just such it's such a schlep. Right. You know, with the instruments and then depending upon uh where you are in the lineup, I don't I don't know how much capacity uh, yeah. or how much desire I have to hang around a loud environment waiting for my turn. And uh I don't know, that sounds really really
1: negative. But this thing checks a lot of boxes in terms of just I just wonder if for you, because there's obviously a lot of holes and you emotionally to be yeah. feeling oh, yeah. like i wonder if what you might get out of it is just like what i got the other night i was just hanging out and talking to those guys and and if i was on the show it would have been even funner would have been backstage i wonder maybe like all that bullshit of sitting in a whatever lineup and, but if you've met some musicians that you really like so you're sharing the musical experience with them and if that would really get you going a little bit like if you found some I don't know if it's bandmates or just other singer-songwriters. Do you think that, that that would do anything for you? You just don't need it. Singer-songwriters maybe, but a
0: lot of like the band people, they're not like comedians. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm straddling two worlds of uh, sort of a sarcastic absurdity and rejection of all things, which I think fits in well with a group of comedians who are just dog and everything just for the sake of doing it, which yeah. is something I like to do. That's what whereas, I'm saying. That's
1: why I feel like it's a good fit for you.
0: Yeah, whereas band, band people are so, uh, some of them are just so upbeat about it and yeah. overly optimistic and gearheads and all this kind of shit that I can't stomach. So no <laughs> offense, musicians. But you don't, you guys are but dope. So
1: there's no hole there. That's not one of your emotional holes. Like you're, you're okay on the music stuff.
0: No, but I'm in a, yeah, I'm definitely in a, I'm definitely changing. It's interesting to leave work. And I had read something, or let's probably listen to it on a podcast where, like, six months out, out of work, you will no longer be compelled to keep in touch with any of those folks. And yeah. I'm finding that, like, I did for three, four, even five months, just some of the people I connected with at work. And now it's, uh, I'm just not interested in texting any of those people anymore, which is strange is they're the same people and they're cool, but the context is completely shifted. And, uh, like they don't need me anymore. There's no,
1: there's no reason for the relationship. Yeah. There's
0: no, there's no driver behind the network. And, uh, so you really just have to be, have an intimate relationship to keep that going. I find that to be interesting. So you're just moving, like I'm really moving on into different avenues. And it's a, it's a time of change, Matt.
1: So what's your, I guess this shows about how we look at our own identities. So what's your identity now?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm grappling with, is it this, uh, idiot savant podcast thing where we are thoughtful about our feelings and I'm still in flux of like, what are we trying to do with this? Is this more in a self-help space with some comedic, elements but i'm yeah i'm grappling with is it is it podcasting it's definitely a combo of podcasting and coaching and uh, i mean obviously i have a family but right uh, but
1: you're about to lose that too so it's not in it now you're not gonna lose your family but your kids are you're gonna be empty nesters soon and like so that that crutch <laughs> so to speak the, the good <laughs> and the bad of it are gonna be gone in two years right so i'm like yeah that. i mean exactly. you're always gonna no be doubt. parents they're still gonna be doing shit but you're not gonna have that day-to-day stuff so uh which i think you're looking forward to in in a way as long as you can keep the relationship with your kids good you're looking forward to having some flexibility right time wise oh
0: yeah and there's not much now because soon my youngest will drive and it'll be it'll be good but yeah no i won't be going i likely won't be going four years from now to 120 basketball games a year
1: Dude, but as your identity hit there that that's what happens I think. I don't know if we uh, my yes, what's my identity right now? It's a, it's like my kids' identity. It it just becomes that, right? Yeah, you you're just going to follow friends, them around. Yeah, yeah, your your circle of friends becomes their friends' parents, your events all become related to their events. Your identity just becomes them. And I think we've talked shit about this on the on the show people that do that, but I'm as I do it as much as anybody.
0: Yeah, it was in um- My wife and I were talking about that, like when it's over the high school experience, because I think, I don't know what it will be like in Costa Rica, but if you're engaged in your kid's high school experience and they're actually doing things that are positive and pull you in, it becomes your community like right away. And we were debating, will we be keeping in touch with any of these people when that all ends? And, uh.
1: It's gonna, kind of, the answer is gonna be no for most. Right,
0: of I think so. I think it's gonna be hard. And uh, we're trying to figure out, well, what does that mean? And I think that's what we're talking about here. There are these, these hard, these kind of hard transitions happening that I think when you're younger, society has milestones set for you that make sense, right? So it's, um, you know, I you go to college, I'm in college right now, great. Uh, I got my first job, I got my first apartment, and then you're, you know probably graduating to a relationship and all those sorts of things and on to the house and then to kids. And those are things that it's a path that it's accepted along the way, and nobody's gonna question it. But now you get into middle age and you're when I tell people I'm doing a podcast, it's it's probably laughable <laughs> to most,
1: right. Or even if you come on here and be like, this is my identity, people are like, take it easy, 13 episodes, <laughs> yeah. and nine listeners. Like, right, so, right. Yeah. And so, so
0: I guess we're debating or not debating, but questioning like, is what we're doing in a particular a- uh, stage, ages and stages, Matt, is what we're doing, is that our identity? Or um, maybe it doesn't even matter.
1: Maybe we just play roles based upon what's going on at the time, but it is confusing. Why do we have to define our identity? What's what's the importance of it? Maybe it's just this morning where I'm at because of some stuff I've been going through the last few days. Some positive things, but like I think my answer right now, as of eleven, twelve, eighteen Mountain Time, I really don't give a fuck what my what I think my identity <laughs> is or what anybody else does. Like I, I just don't care. Even to this show, it's interesting. I had some really good friends who I think are really funny, creative. One of them got a dude in Costa Rica. After one of the episodes it was like, dude, that show sucked. It wasn't funny. I don't know why what you guys are even doing. Like, I don't know why you're doing shows that aren't funny. And I just I really would have taken that hard. Yeah. I almost did. But but uh <laughs> I just was like, dude, I they're not gonna be for everyone. It's like I just didn't care. But but when you but you I'm thinking of that because you're talking about my comedic identity, and that is my identity still for some people. It's a funny guy. So even the idea of doing this enlightened bullshit, people are like, what are you doing, dude? Like, make, make this show funny. Yeah, and so yeah. my identity is like, some sometimes your identity is given to you and you, you can't escape it. And uh, I, but I don't care. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think I have, we have to get in a state where we don't care. Like, if you're, if you're entertaining anyone or you're going to be successful, you can't, you have, you can't be worried about your identity. Like that much. Or you're going to, you're going to like, be put you're going to go in a direction that that's just based on what you think it should how it should be perceived does that make yeah, sense it does So but i don't give a fuck well that's
0: cool then what story are you telling about yourself like to get you motivated to do whatever it is you're doing in your life right now like you got a lot going on it's different than identity
1: Dude, I think I I don't know if we talked about this last week, but this is the greatest thing about having shit going on in your life. Everything's defined and you don't have to worry about it. You have nobody story. even yeah. It's like when you have a newborn and you just start stop going to events you don't want to. You just go, I got a newborn. Everyone's like, All right, man, it's cool. So now it's like, ah, oh, Matt's got a lot going on. So I can be whoever I want. I can be a total asshole. It's all right, man. he has got a lot going on. Or he's it's like so all I gotta do is figure out how to deal with my relationship and my kids and my job I don't have to worry about my fucking identity or perception or anything like that so it's it's like simple it's like people What I, I think I was saying this to Sheila people born in a war or maybe you people born in a war torn country where there's like a civil war and the kid grows up knowing that he's going to be a soldier and he doesn't know why it's been thousands of years of, of just two sides fighting but it's right there for him right it's like you're Not fighting true. against these religious oppressors his identity is given to him and he doesn't have to worry about it. There's, there's well, something great I guess, about that besides the I, risk of death.
0: I, I don't know why I think I'm asking, what do you tell about yourself that grounds you? Like for me being creative, being a little shocking and then also masturbating a lot are really important to me, you know, and that's what you I, I tell that. Yeah, That's what I tell myself. It anchors me. It uh, gives me a sense of stability about me as a
1: person. So you should start a new religion, dude. Like our self help—you, all your self help—is related to doing sprints and jerking off, and and if everybody did that, they they would be like at peace. They wouldn't need edibles. They wouldn't need sleeping. They wouldn't need anything. Right? Just they'd be relaxed, tired, and and happy.
0: No, but seriously, there has I think to you be. Are, some...
1: Actually, I think you are serious. Those two things probably will help people.
0: They would. They would. But do you have that anchor when, I mean, let's, let's just, let's not beat around the bush. You got a bit of a train wreck scenario at the moment, but like, what do you say about yourself? Is it faith? Is it, I'm a, what, what is your anchor? I I know that I'm a, a funny guy that people like you were very blatant about how everybody loves you on the last podcast. And I made fun of it. No, but what, what do you, what do you cling to? What do you hang your hat on, Matt?
1: that that gives me something I'm like a million people can't be wrong yeah <laughs> people like me i must i must be doing <laughs> i must be doing something right now there is something in that like but but i don't know if that's because how many people think that everyone thinks that and a lot of people are like that person sucks but they're like Every, everybody likes me so there might be that i don't i don't think that though. i don't think everybody
0: thinks that uh, i don't think everybody likes me no fucking way
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not well, like you're, you You're and you're going through this enlightenment process and and so maybe this is maybe uh yeah maybe not but i don't know if that's got me anything like like there's some all this bullshit i'm learning about boundaries and all this stuff maybe that's why everyone likes me because they could trample on me but uh what gra- i mean a little bit of faith but I, i'm searching for that too i even feel somewhat guilty about that. Like people that pray in the face of horrible things. It's like, well, now you need me, huh? I could see God being like, all right, here you are prick. <laughs> like, like now you need me. So that there's a little bit of that faith. There is something about the grind of just being like, gotta, gotta do it for my kids. You know, we, we get into that zone where it's like, I, I can do whatever I want. Cause I gotta do it for my kids. And so that, that gives me some, peace right it's like why do you have to do this gotta do it for my kids and and that's like an excuse but it gives you some solid foundation why your actions are happening
0: well what would you say to people though because i don't think we've talked to a single mf who had their shit together necessarily or wasn't hung up about in life uh, or on this show you mean on this show and in life i don't know that i've talked to anybody that's like dialed in and uh i don't know if you, you have maybe maybe you have
1: i i keep shit dude i think you you are like you seem very enlightened like on this show you seem like you're very uh you've got you've got some good ideas but
0: that's seem <laughs>
1: well you got I, you're very good at you seem like you dialed in on what what without being like preachy like you're like well this seems might be something that you should think about like you got good ideas for me uh but uh well how would the people close to you be like yeah lance's got to figure it figured out be like oh, he's a train wreck well i don't know that i have anything figured out dude
0: i just uh have more time to sound a little more um organized with my thoughts probably
1: would you would you do you think you're in a different place than you like 10 years ago
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I was so I was getting pretty negative, getting pretty negative in that corporate environment. Really getting hung up on uh, broader issues in society, and just kind of locked into to uh, just being pessimistic, I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I would like to avoid that, but I, I don't like, I don't think it's right. I don't think we were right, you know, rejecting all that stuff. Right, and, and like. And we we took such extreme measures I did you did it seems like you did to not to not admit that we were a part of that. It's like we were we weren't right and uh I would like to but even now I'm not even I'm like ah, oh, man, I don't want to can even consider that path again if I don't have to where it'd probably just be make make sense <laughs> but yeah yeah I, I don't know. It's like I maybe maybe I get hung up on or maybe we get hung on what we we don't want our identity to be. Instead of finding out, figuring out what we want it to be, right? So I was like, all I know is I don't want to be a fucking corporate stiff. Well, why not? I, I I don't I don't even know what that means. It's just something I don't want to be, and I don't know why. It's it's so ridiculous. So
0: yeah, I feel like you're trading in though that that professional identity space. You're trading at least for us. I speak well. I will speak for myself. Uh, us a boredom. It's like you're either pushing towards boredom, but it's easy and pays better, or exhilaration and adventure and it's struggle. <laughs> Anxiety provoking and struggle and you know, there's no yeah. money in it.
1: But I but if, if I if we take that other path, like this career path, if you really got into it all and treated it like you had a passion for it, would it would it be boring? I don't I don't know. I just gone through too many phases.
0: Yeah, what would you say to dudes in middle age though? If if one of your friends was coming up to you, just be like, "I don't know what's going on in my life. I don't know who I am anymore, Matt. I don't know who I am, Matt. Help me."
1: Well, one thing I would say is like, you know, talking to my comedic friends and people that have have sort of stayed in their passion and stuff, they don't they don't come off as like happier, or they don't come off as like they figured it out either. You know, they're they're like, there's there's a lot of struggle there and. The the conflict is the other way because they're still in the grind. So it's like, it's not these guys, not the Growlitz dudes, but some people are like, what if I just would have been? Actually, Andrew said something really interesting to me. He's like, you know, if I I could have, if I was a plumber 20 years ago instead of a comic, probably would have had my own plumbing business. You know, I would have had a team, I would have had a path. He's like, if I would have put this much energy into almost anything, I probably would have been better off. But I still love it, you know, like, but there's still like that sort of reverse, uh, sort of reverse like the opposite of what we're doing. Cause we jumped off the ship it's like, ah, oh, maybe I should have just taken that path, you know, like the standard path of get a job and work. So nobody, nobody really has it figured out. I guess that's what I would say to my friend who's like, yeah, I don't know. Like everybody's got their, their, their stuff going on. I mean, there are people, you meet some people like I, everything's great. Like I love, I like what I do. Happy. Don't I'm not striving to be famous or more financially better. I, I just I like where I'm at. I like what I do.
0: I love being a water rights attorney. Yeah. I fucking love it, man.
1: They uh yeah. That guy, God bless him.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. he's probably
1: pitching it as he's doing the Lord's work. His water's gonna become a, a commodity that's that's uh very valuable. Bad example, Lance bad example, <laughs>
0: I just don't think people think about it I don't think I don't do you think a lot of people actually think about this This feels like more of a modern phenomenon. It's like oh am I happy oh well, am I fulfilled? am I contributing? In a meaningful way to society, right? Is this new? Is this, did I get sucked into this like 10, 15 years ago? I was like, well, I'm not really doing anything. Sorry for the voice people, but I just can't help it. I'm not really doing anything meaningful. And I like need to like contribute. Uh, Are we all falling into this trap? Because life just is not a linear path where you're always, you know, feeling up on it. You gotta have some shit stages, I think.
1: I, I must. I think that some people down where I live must listen to this and think it's such nonsense. Like they're just enjoying life. Like like they work and then they try not to work when they don't, when they can't, and they they do the bare minimum. Like, but in a good way, you know what I mean? Like do their job, but but don't get caught up in it. And uh, and then. Yeah, all this bullshit of what's their identity and their identity is like their parents and their kids of of their parents. That's it.
0: Do you think this self reflection is just a load of crap?
1: Today, yeah. Today, <laughs> I don't know. Like we, ch- I change. I we have to do it, but today I'm like, I don't know. See, it's, it's yeah, I don't know. What do you think? It does seem like nonsense. That I'm sitting here li- talking to you about myself, but but. It's necessary sometimes to figure out where you're gonna go. It's all like why we here. That's it's too much. I can't I can't deal with it right now. Yeah,
0: you can't deal with it right now. But do you do you find value in self reflection, or you just go?
1: I I guess I'm not good at it. I I, I get it. It's more like self doubt or self loathing or self pity, and and those are all should be separated from self reflection. Mm-hmm. I think. And so anything I do like that is like, it goes like that. I do have a side though. That's like, it's actually, this is one of the things that was an issue in the, my relationship with my wife. She was like, you're just too positive. You think that everything's gonna work out.
0: Toxic she like, positivity.
1: She didn't like that. Have you heard about that? What, is that a thing?
0: It, it's a thing. It's a phrase used in corporate worlds where it's
1: like, people are like. Not realist. Or what, what Yeah,
0: they're just like or they uh they reject when people have real concerns about a project or what's going on in team dynamics, whatever. I doubt that you're that guy.
1: But no, I, would, I would just be like, we're not you know sometimes you get when when you're married with kids, you're like, shit, we're still in this grind. It feels like we're twenty five, right? Like you don't have you don't have your future financial Thing and you don't know where you're gonna go and and uh and i'd always be like "Well, everything we'll we'll get there everything's gonna be fine and it's like well i want to do this now it's like well we can't but everything's still gonna be fine you know like that sort of positivity was looked down upon
0: well so, maybe that was uh d- dismissive
1: yeah no i'm not saying she or people are wrong i'm just saying i don't know what excessive positivity is but uh our my identity has definitely changed over the last twenty five years, some by choice, some by force. And uh, I guess the thing I need to fight, right? Like I guess now that we've talked about this for exhaustingly for thirty five minutes, I had this thing comedy that was that was a background identity that, that fueled me to do everything. And then I got into this. My identity was like I dropped out, man. I left. My identity is like I'm down here. I won right Mm -hmm. I like skip the middleman I didn't go get rich or famous I just left and but that was all bullshit too because that was circumstantial because my wife was from another country and I was able to keep my job and do it but anyways I left but people love talking to me about that you know that that was a thing that people from the U.S. are like really dude you go live in tropical paradise which is not necessarily what happened I I still have all the rigors of life down there but the weather is nice yeah. So my identity was like the dude who just said "fuck it" and left, and that's how people looked at me, like some some hero. And uh, and then I think I got caught up in that, which was denying everything. Then my identity was like denying everything. I turned off stand up. I I I don't even, I didn't even watch it for eight years. Like I had no idea what was going on. I I even was cool guy at the court in the corporate job. Like yeah, I I check in when I when I want to check in, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I check out. I didn't say that, but it, I'm sure it was obvious. Got it all figured out. So that was my identity. And then that, that just ruined two areas of my life <laughs> by completely checking out. I, was, I don't mean ruin, but you know what I mean? Like it just yeah, not, yeah. didn't allow me to grow and stand up, obviously, because it wasn't doing, didn't allow me to grow. And creatively, didn't allow me to grow my my career path. So here I am with both those things. You should edit out the first 35 minutes of that.
0: No, we're cracking you open. It takes time to get you to talk, buddy. So it's a, it's a process that listeners want to hear.
1: Now I don't know what my identity is, and I'm not sure that I should ever be worried about it again because I might get too far in one direction. Yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. I moved to Costa Rica. I didn't have to drop out like I'm Tarzan. Maybe I should have stayed stayed engaged <laughs> but enjoyed the good weather, right? Like some, some mix. So I need to find my identity, but it, it shouldn't be – for the sake of finding my identity it should be for the sake of figuring figuring out the next what's what's the what's it look like for the next 20 years that i can contribute and be happy i, I don't i don't know what that'll be it might be the podcast might be getting doing stand-up recognition might be all the other bullshit i've already talked about everyone knows that uh, that i'm trying to figure out so i i don't know but I guess my question back to you the enlightened one is it important to define it as this is my identity? That that bothers me too, dude. Like when people have to keep sh- proving that something is their identity. They're an entrepreneur, they're uh they this is their identity like it's like okay, dude, we know. It's all right. Like I don't I don't want to be that guy. Like if, like if I if I get into the cannabis business, I don't want to – I think you said this earlier before we start. I don't that doesn't need to be my identity. <laughs> it's just a thing or I love surfing but I'm not fucking Kelly Slater it's not my identity like uh, I don't know I think I should deny the quest for identity right now yeah it's a it's a
0: polarizing word because of what's going on in today's society where it's all identity politics where we don't have hometown identities it's sort of what I do or what I'm into becomes my identity so I ask it for various reasons and I like how you're rejecting it because it is kind of a silly concept.
1: It's more of a life is a bit of a journey. Well, I would like to hear since it's only two of us, so I have to ask you. There's nobody else on here. I have to. like what is I? I this is a real question. I don't know. Like the positives of of chasing or defining your identity and the negatives of it. What's the positive? Can you can you even name one?
0: I don't really know, man. I, I know that. The, there are some core, let's call them guiding forces. Or One is you should try things without any attachment to the success. And that's something that in this stage I'm trying to do. So I'm willing to try this without any attachment to how many people listen, whether it ever.
1: When you say success, do you actually mean without other people's acceptance? Is that what, is that what we're talking about?
0: There you go, yeah. Or traditional success metrics of making money right Uh uh-huh so i think that's my primary thing and then uh the other the other thing i'm trying to do is is get a little more out of my head because i'm the other i'm the opposite of like it's just over self-reflection i got i gotta go do my six hour hike today to to collect my thoughts i need to i need to collect my thoughts i need to figure out who i am over and over again and so i'm trying to do less of that and just kind of uh, dive into different things, right? Right. Um,
1: That's what I'm saying. Is all this is it like worthwhile? You know, like I, I don't know.
0: It, I think it's silly. I think th- certain things will compel you at certain moments in life, and it's good to just um, I don't know, jump on that wave and see what happens. But then we get so attached. We just get so easily attached to stuff that we're doing, and and you'll see you'll see people who are really sick by it. And then, like whatever it is, their job is, it just becomes like the whole of who they are and how they see the world, and there's nothing else. Uh, right. But I don't think you're at risk for
1: that. I don't, I don't think I am. I like. Have you heard? Uh, have you heard? Jokic, Nikola, the, the he plays basketball for the Denver Nuggets, and uh, have you heard him talk about basketball? Like he specifically talks about how it's not his identity. It's just something he's good at. And he's dominating, and like, I don't know if he believes that or it's kind of he's kind of pulling the wool over everyone's eyes that because he's just so good. But like, I like I like that, you know, because he seems like a really well balanced, likable dude, and he's so good. Seems like he works hard. Like, I like that for whatever I choose to do: relationships, uh, work, podcast. I like that. And, and when you ask me about that, that's kind of what I get back to. When you ask me about, are you gonna get back in the stand up? Well, my my being funny is just something I'm good at, right? It doesn't have it's not doesn't have to be my identity. Yeah. So that in that in that sense, it'll always be there with me, whether it's on stage or on a podcast or in a, a meeting. It's always there with me, so I don't have to worry about it as much. Is is one way for me to look at it?
0: Yeah. Right. No, it's a great point and one we might want to end on. I mean. Jokic has such a unique perspective in that era of self-aggrandizing and look at me and look at how special I am. He, he really puts basketball
1: where it belongs. I think it's contagious too. Have you yeah. seen the way other people treat him and, and deal with him and, and yeah. the compassion they have for him? It's it's amazing, you know? Yeah. But that's, that's what it takes, man. Like it's gotta be like a guy who looks like him. Like everything about it is perfect. Right. I mean, like his look is silly in a way his body is the way he runs yeah everything is so awkward yet so graceful and the way he treats people even the fact that his english is not his first language everything's like perfect yeah but philosophically it is it's the right way to be it sounds so dumb dude but i think about the way that guy acts like way more than i should like <laughs> like i i swear like the way he handles everything is, is really like a way to live your life. Hello everyone. Welcome to open mic this week. It's going to be more like story time or thoughts with Matt, not very funny, but uh, here we go. Thoughts on my trip on, on my flight uh, from Costa Rica to Denver, by the way, Delta Airlines. I don't think we say it enough. Thank you. That was four flights San Jose to LA, LA to Denver, Denver to Atlanta, Atlanta to Costa Rica, not one person died and and not one plane wreck. So thank you. I thought that was pretty amazing by Delta. They brought all all four, four birds in uh, without a hiccup. So thank you Delta. Great airline. Good entertainment options. One of my entertainment options was uh, to watch a master's class on negotiation. So this guy, I can't remember his name, but expert, has uh, worked through many hostage situations, great negotiator, probably pays five bucks for a new Escalade. Amazing, teaches you two techniques. One it's called mirroring, uh, where you essentially repeat what the person said to you back to them in an inquisitive tone that lets them know that you're paying attention, you're engaged, you care, and that encourages them to open up and give you more information, right? And the other thing is called labeling, where you kind of identify or kind of put them in a place where you want them to be. You'll actually tell them what they're thinking, what they want. And I'm having no success with this. I'm not good at it. I'm not as good as him. I'm finding all my conversations are dead ends. So basically, someone will say something to me like, Matt, I want you to take me to the movies. And then I'll practice mirroring and I'll go, You want me to take you to the movies? And they'll go, Yeah, dude, that's what I said. I want you to take me to the movies. And I'll go, So you want me to take you to the movies? And then they'll get a little more angry. Instead of opening up, they'll go, Why are you repeating me? I already told you, I want you to take me to the movies. And I'll go, Sounds like, here I'll do labeling, sounds like, you would like me to stop repeating you uh, after you and they'll go, yeah, like I said why are you repeating it and this will go on for like 3 or 4 hours essentially, where most of the time people are like, look dude, I gotta go to work Uh, I need to pay the bills I can't just sit here and have this ridiculous conversation with you all day even my kids are like, dude you're burning our summer vacation with this shit we have to go to school on Monday let's wrap it up, dude so I just want to say thank you, master's class. You've now ruined five relationships uh, that I could have just said yes. I'll take you to the movies. But uh, hopefully I'll, one day I'll be a little better negotiator.
0: Seniors 94 is written and produced by Matt and Lance. Commercials and editing by Lance. Open mic by Matt. Music and sound support for this episode from Profound Sounds. Home, Road in One, Shu, Envy, AMC Coy, Seven Eleven, Scott, Emoil, Opriama, A Fleeting Speck, and Dan J Films. Thanks for listening.